Welcome to I Caught It on Audio. This is Ride or Die Episode 12, Aerosmith Part 3 from the Ashes. Welcome to I Caught It on Audio. Today we are continuing our Ride or Die series and focusing on the band Aerosmith. Uh, this is the third of four episodes in our deep dive into their complete studio album discography. We are covering the albums Permanent Vacation, Pump, and Get a Grip in this episode. And this is uh, this is the era that was coming out when we were discovering music. All of this is probably pretty fresh uh, in our minds and our earliest uh, and probably our earliest encounters with Aerosmith. Um, I wanted to start this segment, uh, which we are calling From the Ashes, um, with a little talk about the Run DMC cover of Walk This Way, which a lot of people attribute to the start of the uh, the comeback. So what did you guys what what are you guys' thoughts on on the Run DMC cover? It's a nice mashup of rap music and uh and hard rock. And uh I've always liked it. I think it's it's a uh, um it, it it's able to marry the the Run DMC band with uh, with um, Aerosmith in in a, in a really interesting way that was not being done at the time, and I don't mm-hmm. I can't recall um, any any other instances of um, hip hop rap music being um, mixed with with a, a different genre to, I, I mean, the, the hip hop rap music was definitely taking stuff and using stuff because there, there was lots of sampling going on right. even, even in that time. But a lot of it was, um, people didn't really know what it, what it was coming from. Like it was, it was very ingenious, like how the, how the samples were, were grabbed. Um, but this was just straight up. We're going to take, take the, the one song that's, that was iconic, but didn't really get a whole lot of, um, uh, air, airplay or recognition at the time and then take this other band and kind of have them add their own thing to it. And, uh, and I think it, it did a really good job. Yeah. It's, um, listening to it. I was struck by how like straightforward and simple it is. Um, I mean, yeah. yes, they, they use like the, like drum samples instead of, you know, actual drums, like mm-hmm. samples of actual drums, turned into you know like it's it's this interesting thing where you're like you're just taking the sounds and just like i don't know it's an interesting way to change what's kind of like the iconic drum beat uh, of the song which is you know kind of the thing that most people remember first about that song but like it's really straightforward it's just them rapping the lyrics um of a song that's almost like kind of like proto rap even when it came out, you know what I mean? Like when, when you think about how he's saying the lyrics in the actual recording, it's, it's much, it's a very speaking kind of way. I mean, that's, there are lots of songs like that. It's not like that was, they started rap or something. I'm not saying that, but <laughs> like it, it was not Did a you big, just, yeah. you just attributed a whole yeah, music right. genre. Um, uh, white, white, white people from Boston people. invented rap. All right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But like it lent itself really well to it. Cause it's, it wasn't a, a big leap and it's, it's just really simple and straightforward. I, I what's kind of cool about it is that like, like the song's over after two minutes, really. And then mm-hmm. there's like a bunch of guitar solos and loops and it just kind of keeps going, which is kind of great. Um, also interesting is that it's pretty clearly just Perry and and um 
Tyler. And uh, Tyler, who did stuff, because there's that's pretty much all that appears on it, other than the mm-hmm. stuff that it's pretty clear that Run DMC did. And uh, which, you know, I guess that that's all they needed, you know, uh, to, to get the sort of uh, the the essential non sort of hip hop parts of the song. Um, but yeah, it's actually it's actually a really simple thing. I think the genius was Aerosmith saying, "Yeah, we we want to be we want to be identified with that and involved exactly. with that." Like they work yeah. together on it instead of it being just a sample because they've they've been sampling you know like Zeppelin drum beats you know since hip hop started. Mm-hmm. Um, so that combination isn't weird. It's that the you know like the rock and the rap artists both were like, "Yeah, let's do this together. Let's put our names on it and say this is what we're trying to do." Yeah. So yeah, it's really a, a signature moment. Um, I'd rather just listen to the original personally, but it's cool to check out that version, you know, and, and think about it in its in its context. Yeah, my my favorite thing about it is the music video, where you've got the uh, Run DMC <laughs> guys in one one apartment, and then the uh, Steven Tyler and Joe Perry in in another apartment, and they're both kind of going back and forth as as their song as yeah. their part in the song. And then finally, they you know they break through the wall in between, and then they just start jamming out all together. I think it's really a really cool thing. And then they switch to the concert footage, and you get the like the the moment where they they stomp out and they're no laces Adidas. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, that was like burned into my memory. This is the uh, this is the beginning of like serious uh, music video Aerosmith, which was a huge part yes. of me watching MTV in the eighties. I, I remember this video very very well. It's 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 definitely burned into my brain there. Yeah, so shortly after this, uh, Permanent Vacation dropped. This would be in uh, 87, which is, what do we have, four, three years after Done With Mirrors? No, two two years after Done With Mirrors. So we've got the uh, got the original band all back together in the previous album with Done With Mirrors. We're on David Geffen Company Records right now. Or Geffen Records, I don't know what it's called. I don't know things. Bruce Fair, Fairbairn, is that how you say it? Is the I producer. And he's going to be the producer for the next three albums for the rest of their stint on uh, on Geffen. And oh boy, oh boy, did they find a lot of success with this. They brought in some some uh, songwriters, got Desmond Child, Jim Valance, um, a few other a few other people. I, I previously said that um, Draw the Line was one of my top three albums. Well, these three albums that we're going to talk about today are also all in my top three albums. And <laughs> pretty crowded. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've what are, what are our singles in this one? We've got four singles, which is you know, among the most singles we've had in a while. Um, we've got Hangman Jury, Dude Looks Like a Lady, Angel, and Ragdoll are all singles. And I don't even think they're the best songs on the album. No. Oh. For me, it's um, it's Saint John. Mm-hmm. I think is probably my favorite. Yep. And I mean, I, I can't say no to Angel. That's you know, <laughs> it's just it's who, who can say no to Angel? It's it's, it's everything. It's classic <laughs> '80s power ballad. Uh, you know, super you know guitars, you know, big big giant guitars and. Oh, love it. It's love perfect every for second of it. slow dances or the exactly. slow skate section the when you're at skates, the skating yes. ring. <laughs> slow skates. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on this one? 
Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat as you. Um, this this is way way better than done with mirrors. It's a huge step up, um, and and like you said, you know the the singles are perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with them, and and they're they're great in and of themselves. Um, but also, you know, considering how many times you've heard them either on the radio or yeah. watching the music videos and stuff, they 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 tend to get a little bit old. It's like you know an old familiar favorite. But the stuff like Samoria. Uh, Mm -hmm. Um, that I love that one. That's just got that's the soaring vocals, um, during the kind of the chorusy part and with the really kind of like, um, spread out guitar, guitar stuff in the background. It's not really a solo, but it's kind of like, you know, plinky guitaring while, while Steven Tyler is just kind of like going to the heights with his, with his, uh, singing. And then, um, hearts done time is a great Mm. opener, man. That really, really opens it up gets it going um magic touch is another another uh, fun fun romp right at the beginning there yeah um honestly hangman jury i thought uh, so i'm surprised that was a, a single but i, yeah. I kind of thought it was going to be like a cover because <laughs> i'm no, just that's like an original jamming out and i'm like yeah, this this is this is somebody else's song right and i looked it up in the liner and the you know in the notes on wikipedia and it's like nope it's it's theirs yeah um so that That's was a great that was one. Fun. Yeah. Um, permanent vacation is, uh, it's, uh, you know, the title track, uh, feels a little bit like a Jimmy Buffett song, you know, with kind of like the, um, what was that? So steel drum in the background. Yeah. See, but to me, to it's me, that like, felt too much like a, a Van Halen song. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. you know, if it, well, yeah, I, I mean, but I, I think, I think they nailed it. Like, I, I still think it's a lot of fun and I, I like the, the idea of the song where it's like, you just, you want to go and, and not, and get away from stuff and then not ever come back. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I kept thinking like, yeah, I could, I could, I, I wish they would play this in Margaritaville instead of all the Jimmy <laughs> Buffett songs. Or at least the, put it in the mix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I think this is a, a perfect, uh, perfect return or a perfect comeback album, um, uh, bringing them, bringing them back around or back on track. Um, the only, the only thing I didn't really like about it was the, uh, the Beatles cover. I, I just, it just didn't really? really, yeah, the I'm down Beatles cover at the end. Mm. Um, you know, I was fine with like, uh, the come together one that they did before, um, mm-hmm. we listened to, and I think the last, the last grouping, yeah. but, um, there's just something about this one. It, it didn't really feel like the right song for them to cover. It just, it felt like, oh, let's put a cover on, you know, it's like, we, we need a one extra track or something for this album. So let's throw a cover on, let's do a Beatles song. And they picked that one and it just, it feels very uninspired and, un, and not like they were really, I don't know, taking, taking mm. it to the next level or doing something their own with it. Um, but Dan, what do you think about this this one? Well, I'll start with the uh, the Beatles cover. I uh, I know what you're talking about. It sounds a little stiff. Um, but when he uh, gets the scream out and the keyboard comes in, I'm like, nope, I'm in. I'm sold. <laughs> I, I like this one. I think it's maybe because I like the song more than the com- than the actual Beatles song come together. So, mm-hmm. which has always been a. I know it's a really famous Beatles song, but it's not quite one of my favorite Beatles songs. Um, so I actually like this cover a lot um, because I like the song it's based on. And there is a little bit of awkwardness to it. Like it's a little, it feels a little clumsy, but, but I think it works. Um, I, uh, 
this I agree. This is a big leap forward from Done with Mirrors. It makes me I there's things I like about Done with Mirrors, but it it just doesn't it isn't as successful um, of of an album. Now now the phase that we're in now, um, you know, as Dave Dave mentioned, it's his like classic favorite. What made him fall in love with Aerosmith phase, right, Dave? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is a phase that I remember very very well because I was watching the videos on MTV and it was part of pop culture. It was everywhere, and I always liked it, but I never fell in love with it. I didn't actually really fall in love with Aerosmith till I heard the old stuff. So this whole era is, I really like, I think they're executing what they're trying to do so incredibly well, mm-hmm. but it's not quite what I want Aerosmith to be doing. You know what I mean? Like, I think they're doing an amazing job and I, and I do really like this album and all of these albums, honestly, a little preview for the rest of them, but I'm, I'm always, there's a little sense of, I wish you were you were deciding to do something different. Now they have the right to to follow this down and make shitloads of money. That's that's great. They probably need it after all the drugs they went through in the seventies, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and 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 it, and it works great. They're really good at it. Um, the production is a whole lot. I mean, it's 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 straight into like Bon Jovi, like glam metal, you know, oh, pop yeah, metal. They, they jumped feet yeah. for, you know head first and into the into the 80s sound there's no and, doubt about that and and they do it better than the poisons and bon jovis and yeah. you know and uh and motley Cruz of the world at the time so great you know like that it's kind of the best version of that which is crazy considering they were already you know like well quote unquote past their prime you know they were a decade past their you know over a decade past their peak and then they came back and they were like no nah, we can do this even better than you guys do it which is mm-hmm. amazing. Um, when I was writing down my highlight songs, the only ones I didn't highlight as being great um, were uh, uh, Magic Touch um, and then uh, Simariah. Uh, I know you like those, Zach, but they did not feel like Aerosmith songs to me. That's probably why I like them. <laughs> it's just outside the box. It's yeah. just different enough that it... it um, yeah, I, I think it was good that they took chances no. amongst the the pop the pop stuff. And they're not they're not bad. They just don't they don't have they don't they don't have that thing that I love most about Aerosmith. Yeah, and I think that they're le- they're less successful. The other the other uh, song I have on the list of songs that are basically pure eighties hair metal. Other than those two, is is dude looks like a lady. But I think that one works really well. Um, uh, it's interesting reading about sort of like the uh, the politics of of the song now, you know, uh, as uh, there's they were they were talked about it on Wikipedia a bit, how people feel about it. And of course, there's there's multiple opinions because of the whole like, oh, it's a dude uh, dressed up as a woman and who tricked, you know, uh, who tricked the uh, singer of the song. But I don't feel like it's it's mean spirited or or, right. you know, attacking anybody particularly. So I think you're. You have to be, you're being a little thin skinned. If you're like, this is hate, you know, a hateful song. I'm like, ah, you know, he, he never says anything bad other than, Oh, I didn't, I didn't expect that, you know? Oh, penis. I didn't expect a penis. You know, that's basically, basically <laughs> right. all he says. He doesn't, even, he doesn't even then say, and I'm angry or like, and, and I walked away. He's like, ah, well, you know, you, you don't judge a book by its cover. Maybe, maybe this, maybe I should do this, you know? So yeah. that's kind and, of the impression the, I got. The original inspiration for the song is when, uh, 
when Tyler saw Vince Neil, you know, Motley Crue's lead singer <laughs> at a bar and thought it was a woman. Yeah. <laughs> thought he was a woman. Yeah. It's like, oh, that dude looks like a lady. Yeah. Well, so. in my mind, the song is about Mrs. Doubtfire. So that's, oh, yes. that's, that's true. <laughs> Don't forget that part. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so like those are like the like the 80th metal moments of the song. Um, it is strange that Hangman Jerry was the single. I always thought that that was like an album track. I really like that song. That might be my favorite song on the album. Um, I just think it's, it's great that it has the sort of like, sort of like really like bluesy harmonica side. And then it kind of like kicks in a little more Aerosmith when the, when the song gets going, I sort of like that, um, that sort of classic wrong place, wrong time, you know, hapless (laughs) suspect, you know, being interviewed by the police type of song. I just think that's interesting. Um, there's a few of those floating around, but I, I like their version of it. Um, Ragdoll to me, it, along with Dude Looks Like a Lady, are my very first memories of Aerosmith, especially the music videos. Uh, I watched the Ragdoll music video for the first time in like 35 years or something. And uh, when it starts, I don't know if you guys watched it, but when it starts, uh, Joey Kramer standing between two people holding like drums going, doom. <laughs> it's like holy shit i am nine years old again or 10 years old or whatever <laughs> i loved i love ragdoll it is it is like cheese cheesy 80s production to the max but like it yeah. feels like a toys in the attic song um uh, despite right. despite that just the, the bones of the song and uh there were a few songs like that that i felt like if you peeled away like the horns and the and the strings and and like the the insane amounts of reverb on the drums, um, they just they, they they could very well be Aerosmith songs. Many of them were just the songs that were written by um, just Aerosmith members, but some of them yeah, later on in the albums more so. But it seemed like there was a little more of a divide between the the sort of like like Hearts Done Time um, and um, uh, Girl Keeps Coming Apart and um, Permanent Vacation. Um, and the movie all felt like they could have come off of old Aerosmith albums, except for mm-hmm. the production sheen. And I, I liked all those songs. Um, I think they're all pretty great. I have like I have so many notes on all these songs because I, I I enjoy a lot of them. <laughs> like so, I'm not going to go through all of it, but I I did think just to wrap it up that it was cool that um, the movie, which has some really cool riffs in it, and it's sort of an yeah. interesting production, um, is the first time that I can remember. Um, in a long time where all, all five of the band members got a writing credit. Um, so it was kind of like all the old, when, um, Perry and, um, Tyler were high all the time. And the other three guys were like, let's, let's just crank out a bunch of like songs and riffs that we talked about on previous ones, except for everybody was involved because they were actually sober. And, um, that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, this album isn't, isn't perfect. Um, for me, there's a few missteps things that don't work for me but you know if you're okay with the the 80s sound and the, the the 80s production the sort of glam metal feel it kicks ass yeah absolutely all right so up next we've got um pump there actually there, there was a bonus track in there but i don't, I don't think we need to spend any time it was well, just uh it was yeah. there's there's two just, things i want to mention before we move on to the next album the okay. bonus track was interesting because it didn't have a uh, glam metal drum production, <laughs> which really <laughs> jumped out after the previous album. Uh, it's just a cover and it's a cool cover. Cause when, whenever Aerosmith does blues covers, they're cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing I wanted to mention is, did you guys notice that 
on permanent vacation, like the first time you hear Steven Tyler, um, and also even on the the Run DMC cover of Walk This Way or the the collaboration, he busts out like the thing that he now he uses for the rest of his career that very specific <laughs> vocal scat. Yes, that one. That that's the yeah. one. I, I didn't yep. want to try it. Thank yep. you for for jumping on that that grenade. But um, he like I don't know. He somehow came up with that. You know between yeah. done with mirrors burn vacation he's like this is going in every single album every at least album. a couple of songs for the rest yep. of my life <laughs> for the next 20 years yeah that was the premiere of that specific uh <laughs> like scat you know <laughs> yeah and i love it i love every second of it it's his I, calling card he, he yeah. really feels like he regained a lot of confidence um yeah. on this album like he's like no, no, no. i've got well, i've got rock vocals down down cold i'm going to show you guys what you can do and i mean yeah. he has great moments in previous albums but like he really feels super polished as a as a vocalist you know from this from this point forward yeah all right so two years later we get uh the album pump um the singles from this one are loving that loving an elevator janie's got a gun what it takes and the other side uh, we've got the same production crew and same personnel for the most part this might be well again this is another one of my top three aerosmith albums this one is always a contender for number one too because janie's got a gun is probably my favorite song certainly when when it's the one i'm listening to um and then there's just so much other good stuff on it i mean we've got i the 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 monkey on my back song you know song about getting off drugs um and moving on from that and uh, what it takes you've got another giant power ballad my my girl f-i-n-e and then the the references to other songs within within the lyrics just the way he kind of makes it a full a full listening experience just really the lyrically i think this is one of the be- better albums and I, I just love it i love every second of it there's not a bad track on it um i could listen to this album start to end for hours and hours and hours without anything else going on. Um, I mean, I could, I could gush over it for, for forever. So why don't you guys, why don't you guys tell your, tell what your opinions are. Well, for, um, for this group of three, I think that I put this one at the, at the lowest rank of, of the three albums. And, but that's not saying that it's bad by any means. It's just for some reason that it really took a while for me to kind of get into it and, um, get beyond the, the single tracks. Um, but once I did, I I really did appreciate, you know, like, don't get mad, get even, um, hoodoo voodoo medicine, man, uh, the, those were, those kind of really, uh, stuck out for me. And I, and I liked that, um, that they, for the, the, the single tracks that they also have, well, I, I didn't quite really understand it, but like, you know, it was going down and then a slash and then love in an elevator or water song slash and Janie's got a gun. So was that supposed to be kind of like the intro, like yeah. a little intro motif into the actual song song? This is something I credit to the poor um, tracking on in early CDs in, in the in the okay. 80s where they just they should have had those as separate tracks. OK, but for whatever reason, they they put them together like yeah. in the listing on the original liner notes it's uh you know one is young less two is f-i-n-e um and then you've got 
uh, you know, one or 3.1 and 3.2 are going down and love in an elevator. And so like, okay. why, why did you do that? Why did, yeah. if you wanted those separate, just make them separate tracks. Yeah. And I figured it was something along those lines, uh, especially considering that there was, you know, more, more music, more going on than, than what I had always heard on the, on the radio. Um, and I liked that. I liked how they, you know, they were trying to do these little intro, like interludes or whatever, um, regardless of the piss poor way of actually making it happen on the, on the tracking or on the, on the actual album. But, um, I, I like that they attempted that and that they were, they were trying to do something a little bit outside the box for them anyway. Um, but yeah, like overall, it, it's a perfectly good album. I just, it just doesn't really rise up to the top in the, in the way that, um, you know, permanent vacation or what we'll see, get, get a grip afterwards. Um, Dan, what did you think? Well, I always had in my mind that I liked Permanent Vacation more than Pump. Um, and I think I may have changed my mind um, during this listen through. Um, I will say that um, these these four singles were so ubiquitous in the mm-hmm. late 90s or late 80s, early 90s. Uh, Love and Elevator, James Got to Go and What It Takes and The Other Side. I came to know them as sort of background music that I never, I was like, oh yes, this is also abandoned. Oh, here's a Motley Crue song. And oh, there's a Guns N' Roses song. And oh, there, there, there's a Metallica song. You know what I mean? Like they were just, they never, when Dave, when you sort of were like, this is my band, you know, when you heard these, I didn't have that reaction, even though I thought they were, you know, they were good songs that I like listening to and videos I like to watch. So the Love in an Elevator uh, and Janie's a, Got a Gun are like, the songs that I, I remember hearing the most and seeing the videos the most often on. And I always liked them, but I heard them so much that I'm a little ambivalent about them. Even still, I think, um, loving like the little intro to love an elevator is, is pretty funny. <laughs> uh, the little, little skit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the song's better than I think it is when I sit and listen to it carefully. I'm like, Oh, this is, it is yeah. This is a really effective, like, song with like with like actually like a bunch of cool riffs in it um it's just it's just got this sort of like it's almost like there's this they put this big sheen of of like the sort of like new aerosmith sound the sort of like geffen era sound but like underneath the bones are like kind of classic aerosmith riffing um and then jamie's got a gun the production is so not Aerosmith um, that I, I think I have trouble really loving the song, but it is a really cool sort of departure. And like, it's, it's his attempt to, you know, write about like something serious. And I think mm-hmm. he does a pretty good job about it. Um, and it's also interesting that the video was directed by, um, by uh, what's his face. Um, uh, David Fincher. Um, oh yeah. Which I didn't know at the time, of course, but uh, that's kind of a cool little, little fact. Um, I will say that Young Lust is an absolutely amazingly kick-ass opener to the album. Um, <laughs> yeah. Love it. The fucking drum solo at the end is awesome. Once again, I'm surprised by how good Joey Kramer is. I just never think of him as being a great drummer, but he has a lot of great moments. I think I have to revise that. Um, F.I.N.E. was okay. Um, I really liked um, uh, Monkey on My Back or Monkey Off My Back. Um or on my back. Yeah, it is on my back, right? Yep. yep. Uh the uh other two big singles, um, um tell what me it, what it 
to let <laughs> yeah. you go. The, the other side and what it takes are like amazing. I love the other side's uh, like accordion part. That's what makes the song mm-hmm. for me. Um, and what it takes is like one of the more amazing like rock ballad guitar or, or, um, or uh, vocal performances I've ever heard. It's just, it might be Desmond Child's best, finest moment, yeah. honestly. I mean, I don't, I don't, the only way you could take this up a notch is if you brought in the dude that co-wrote with um, with Meatloaf. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Steinman. Jim Steinman. Jim Steinman. It's it's that sort of like yeah. maximalist. We're going we're going to do everything approach. And yep. like, would I would I love this song if I hear it for the first time now? I I think so. I think I think I would love what it takes anyway, but. It's like, oh, you thought Angel was over the top? Well, we can one up that. We're gonna we're gonna do what it takes. Yeah, we're um, gonna take and, this one to eleven. Yeah, it's it's it just absolutely goes for it. Um, can it, and it looks like the last track, um, uh, the sort of uh, the one that you put on there, um, ain't enough. enough. Yeah, that was just another cool little blues thing. That it, lo- it looks like that was just on the Japanese version. Do you know anything right. else about that? Did you were you familiar that, with that one, or did you just is- toss it on? That's all I know about it. I was, you know, combing through the wiki and then I saw, oh, that had a, an additional track. Let me see if I can find it. And sure enough, there was, you know, um, Hard Rock Generation, you know, whatever channel that is, um, had, had it on there. So I, I threw it on the, on the playlist. And yeah, it is a cool little blues song. Um, yep. I enjoyed it, but. I but yeah, I, I, as I went through the tracks, again, I was expecting to like for Pump to be a step down. I put every single track in my highlights. I was like, oh, well, you know, I guess <laughs> I guess there are no I think that for me, Pro Notification has a couple of weak tracks that I would just as soon skip or that I'm not excited about. And Pump kind of doesn't. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think Pump was a little better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I mean, I, I, w- I was familiar with it because half the songs were on the radio yeah. and you used to play it. Um, but I, as I dug into if if um, I had owned this on vinyl, I would I'd uh, just dug right through the grooves. There there'd be nothing left of the album. I played it that much. Yeah, yep, yep. I definitely remember hearing it, um, and I uh, I think it's a, I think it's it's better than I expected, and it's I think it's really good. Again, Aerosmith is doing half of the album is something that I wish they not that I don't like what they're doing. I just would rather they they were playing they were doing more songs like Young Lust and fewer songs like um, Janie's Got a Gun. But that's just my personal preference on what I love from Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. And the execution's pretty fantastic, and it seems yeah. like they're getting a little more. They, they're really starting to dial in the, the the what they're trying to do the glam metal slash hard rock combination. I feel like yep. they really have it dialed in. Yeah, and and if you, I mean, they get a lot of flack about you know collaborating with uh, with songwriters, but you look at other bands who are what what are we at this point? Um, 15 18 years into their their career one most of them are are broken up and haven't talked to each other in a decade and two the ones that are are just making writing the same songs over and over and over again i mean look at the bands that we've done this with that had this longevity and they're not writing anything new or interesting and you can contrast to this this is this is it's got that base aerosmith you know from the 70s in it with a fresh take on top and, and a whole lot of eighties <laughs> mixed in. So I just, I think it's phenomenal. It's, it's where I, you know, started with Aerosmith. So I don't have, I don't have that problem where it's the early stuff was better. And then this stuff is a step sideways. 
because this is where I started, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. The, the, this, this didn't sell me, but then when you were like, well, you should listen to the old stuff, the old stuff's yeah. really good. That sold me. And that makes me appreciate this stuff more because you can, the skeleton of Aerosmith underneath the, the production and all the, you know, like all this sort of over the topness it, it's, it's still. And the other thing is when they, they're so good at executing that you can give them any type of song and you're going to be like, wow, these guys, these guys are great musicians and they made the song work. You know what I mean? Like they're, yeah. they're and, really and we've good. seen that in their covers too, yep. yeah. Um, which I don't yep. think we had on, on this one, did we? No, I don't think, I don't think there's cover. any cover on this one. No, um, no. Which is fine. I mean, they had, it, it's a, it's a perfect album as far as I'm concerned. And they actually had fewer co-write credits on this one than on permanent yeah. vacation. Um, yeah. We've got a uh, little bit of Jim Valance and Desmond child. And a few others on uh, the other side, but but yeah, they're yeah, also. I feel like just... they're also learning from the the people they're writing with. They're mm-hmm. they're some of the songs starting with this album and then and then um, getting into um, get a grip. Sometimes the songs that Tyler and Perry write together, you're like, oh, like, this sounds like it could have been written by Desmond Child. You know, like they right. They're starting to like take the stuff they like from the people they're working with. Yep. And incorporated into their sort of arsenal. Yeah. So unless you guys have anything else on pump, we'll move on. Uh, to... I just want to say, I love the album cover with the, yes, uh, the, 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 tr- the trucks. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's nice subtle, to see old fashioned trucks also, being also transported. Not. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very subtle indeed. Yes. <laughs> as, as always. Now let's move on to the, uh, to, to the Pierce Cow Utter album, right? Get, get a grip. Yeah. Let's move on to yet another example of subtlety. Yeah. So this one, we've, we've got a four year break here. I, I'm not sure exactly what caused it, but I would imagine they toured the shit out of pomp and permanent vacation. Um, that's, that is what uh, caused the big, big time between uh pump and get a grip well so, um another thing that may have played into this was um just briefly reading you know just wikipedia level research but that they uh they ended up reworking and adding more songs that may have cost them some time too oh, okay like the produ- the producers were like ah, we need to bring in like some you know some desmond child and jim balance and we need we need, we need to we, i don't hear the radio hits is i think what they got yeah, and, and so then they went seven, back and some more six time. singles came off of this album, which is utter insanity. <laughs> it is, um, no pun intended. Utter, yes, album and yes. cover. Yes, that's that, that is that um, is a pun. That is that is a okay. pun. Yep. All right. So this is uh, so when when the living on the edge bit music video came out. Uh, what's what's this say? March. In March of 93, this is my very earliest actual memory of Aerosmith. We were down in Florida on spring break, so that would have been April, you know, a week or a half after the release. Um, we're just chilling in the condo, and then Steven Tyler is standing there naked, half blacked out, and I'm not sure what's going on. You know, 13-year-old me. David's blackface, that's what's going on. Um, oh, or yeah. black black. Black half torso. Black half torso. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, this weird little green guy comes, jumps out of him, and they just start rocking. And this, this was, that was the, the moment where I realized I loved Aerosmith. 
like that that exact moment um living on the edge is just such a such a good song there's so much going on in it um you know the the social commentary um the incredible musicianship um just phenomenal again this might be my favorite aerosmith song and you'll you if anybody's keeping track we're up to like nine favorite aerosmith songs um but uh yeah and then then on top of that you've got the uh the trilogy of alicia silverstone music videos with um crying amazing and crazy which are just phenomenal you know they just the songs are great um the videos are incredible and then that's just that's just the service so i i didn't even know eat the rich was a single and i didn't know i guess shut up and dance was a uk single we didn't get that as a single here apparently but then you've got the album tracks you've got the intro um this cool little intro and then you've got fever and flesh and i mean i I can basically just list you all the track listings of songs that for uh, the songs that i love on this one but it is another perfect solid album you know what 62 minutes of runtime yeah, 14 long. perfect tracks including the beautiful boogeyman instrumental at the end yeah. just so good um and <laughs> i don't know if you guys remember this but this this album was so big that they made a video game about it <laughs> did, did you guys ever play that in the arcade no i remember seeing it I remember yeah. seeing it. Yeah, I spent so many quarters <laughs> playing this stupid. Well, the, there the, was one the, at Studio Twenty Eight, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. And that's where I remember the, seeing it. It just, just, in a, just. I mean, this is their, this is their best selling album uh, at something like twenty million copies or something like that. Jeez, just ridiculous the popularity. And this is a band that at this point is twenty years old. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, and again, I could I could just blather on for hours about how much I love this thing. So why don't, why don't you guys take over? Well, this is where I got my start with Aerosmith. I mean, I obviously had exposure to them beforehand, but um, but yeah, like you like you were saying with Living on the Edge, um, and the I think it was actually Eat the Rich that really put me over the line. Um, okay. And, and I'm in kind of in the same boat. Like I, I didn't really think that was a, a, a single, but it must've been because, because that, again, that was the one that really, like when I heard it, I was like, yep, I got to get this album Yeah, and I bought it and I listened to it all the way through and it, it just cranks from, from start to finish. And it's got the great highs and the great lows and it and it does you know it does deal with subject matter that as at times kind of like well this is you know this is not the um beer and women sex romp that you right. get from the from the 80s uh necessarily and, and i really appreciate that that steven tyler was willing to go yeah. and delve into these these other areas um and I w- I'd like to also say that uh, this the Joe Perry song "Walk On Down" does not piss me off. His no. singing actually good. is pretty good. <laughs> I, I'm I was I was amazed because I, I wasn't really thinking about that, you know, before when I when I would listen to this album previously, mm-hmm. and then this time these times through, I was I was like, wait, that's that's Joe Perry singing. 
Right. It's not bad. It's actually kind of good. I think, yeah. it fits, I think it fits the song really well. It does. It does. Yeah. It's, it's perfect vocals for the song. Yeah. I think that one sounds to me like it, it could have been pulled off of Draw the Line. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it, it's very distinctively sounds like that to me. It's just that sort of when Perry was being more forceful because Tyler was also, I mean, they were both high, but Tyler was less present. But yeah, that, that's a great one. The other interesting thing that I think about this is, is I consider this to be peak Aerosmith, but honestly, I don't think this is like their, their best songwriting or their, their best overall album. I think, I think it's really solid for what they were, for what they were doing. Um, but I, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's, it's their absolute best. I just think it's like where, where they kind of like peaked as far as, you know, the, the world was concerned, <laughs> right. The external, external factors was, you know, looking at their career, this is kind of like the, the, the topmost point, um, in my mind anyway. Uh, Dan, what do you think? Yeah, it's interesting. You say that that's their peak because I mean, for me, it's not their best album, it did sell 20 million copies and I'm just looking here and it looks like toys in the attics. Um, so nine, isn't it? Um, certainly nine in the U S I think it probably sold more. Um, but I think it didn't sell 20 million for sure because, um, there is a certain pop appeal that get a grip had that even like the vintage, like the rocks, the toys, um, they just didn't have that, 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 they they were like people who loved like down and dirty like blues rock and like hard riffing and stuff mm-hmm. loved that stuff but like i mean yeah walk this way had some crossover success and sweet emotion but for the most part they they didn't have these huge like across all the demographics hits like you know right. living on the edge and and um and crazy era crying and and, and songs like that um this was the first, uh, I think this is the first Aerosmith song I experienced in real time because I was actively, like I bought this album. I was actively trying to listen to rock music when it came out. You know, I was what, we were what, like 14? Actually, it was released on my birthday when I turned 14. Um, mm-hmm. On Hitler's and, birthday, I think. Yeah, I, I already <laughs> said that. Um, and then, um, and so like, I remember the video for Living on the Edge. I remember, of course, the Alicia Silverstone uh, videos because what, what kid, you know, at that age wasn't in love with Alicia Silverstone. Well, yeah, um, you either wanted to date her or be her, you know, and I wanted to be both. So, <laughs> and uh, yeah, actually, she didn't dress that different from you did when we no, were in high school. I, that's I what I'm it. saying. I, I just watched the crazy video and I said, I think I huh. have those boots and that oh, shirt. Well, yeah, that, that flannel <laughs> looks familiar, huh? Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, um, and uh, I thought um going back that i was going to be like this is like a hits heavy album um i didn't listen to it to death when i got it it was it was just a an album i i I deliberately listened to but it was mostly for the hits and i I listened to it a few times but the the other songs other than eat the rich the other songs didn't really stick with me um so when i went back and listened to it again i was like i expected this to be like ah there's a bunch of misses but like a bunch of really good, good songs too. The only song I didn't like, um, to be perfectly honest, was um, was Flesh. I don't know what it is about that song. Oh, I love that one. I, I just, it just bugs me. So uh, Flesh didn't work for me. Uh, the second worst song in my mind is Amazing. And I'm not saying Amazing is a bad song. It just feels like it's almost a parody at this point of uh, of Aerosmith like power ballads. 
Yeah, yeah. I can see um, that. But like, it's really effective. But like, it's when so it comes good. in with the piano at the beginning, I'm like, all right, guys, like, <laughs> you're 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 really leaning into this. I mean, they've been doing it for three albums, right? So it's it's fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, but eat the rich kicks ass. Um, get a grip's awesome. That one sounds like it got pulled off of permanent vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fever is the only uh, Tyler Perry song on this whole album, which is crazy. As good as this album is, it has I love that sort of like like old school rock and roll feel it has to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that one's a great one. Of course, living on the edge, crazy uh, or or crying, um, amazing were all huge hits that I like. Um, I really have a soft spot for. Um, for crazy uh it's a, it's another one of their ballads but it's like a really bluesy version of a ballad yeah yeah i think that one's awesome it's maybe arguably a little cheesy but i think it's the kind of cheese that i can get behind um i also thought it was interesting that that gotta love it made me think of um uh the album um get your wings which i almost never think of when i'm thinking of aerosmith songs but um <laughs> but that was that reminded me of shut up and dance is awesome it's like an old school like aerosmith song but like with the sort of new sensibility with like the the way he delivers the uh the the verses and a lot of uh, very dirty dirty puns and uh stuff basically the song seems to be about uh uh, just shut up and let's fuck let's not uh, get in a relationship (laughs) which hey that's all good um and then uh yeah i really it's 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 really solid all the way through uh the walk on down it, it really is like a sort of a secret favorite normally like um the uh the the perry vocals you think ah but steven tyler could be singing this but on this one i'm like no no it's it's got to be perry on this one it it's it's it really kind of grows in me and and it's interesting to me the last thing i'll say is amazing is like a perfect ending to the album with the little like the little like outro with the with the you know with the with the old big band and and the radio you know dial tune out and all that and then they like toss on Boogeyman, which doesn't make any sense, except for I love listening to that song. So I'm good with it. Mm-hmm. But it seems a little bit weird that they they tacked it on because they had a perfect album closer with the way uh, they, they finished off amazing. But yeah, this one's yeah. Uh, this one is really good. I, I, I don't know. These three are so close to each other. I don't know which which is my favorite, but I think I have a soft spot for this album because I was at, I was, it wasn't happening to me. I was deliberately going out and, and trying to listen to it. Uh, which is this, the difference between all the early stuff on that I was listening, watching on MTV and stuff on permanent vacation and pump this one. I was like, Nope, I like this. And then I, I, I'd listened to it deliberately, but yeah, yeah, really good. So 93, um, let's say the year uh, this came out, right? Yeah. Yep. Was, and, and maybe, maybe this is extreme bias because it's, you know, when I, when I really started getting into music, but I, I just pulled up, a Google search of songs from 1993. And I just want to list you the top, the the first 10 that are listed on here. You've got uh, Aerosmith crying, uh, Meatloaf. I don't want, I would, I'd do anything for love. Cypress Hill, insane in the brain tag team. Whoop. Um, H town knocking to boots. Come on down by Duran Duran. Um, Mr. Jones County crows. If I had no loot, Tony, Tony, Tony. And, uh, <laughs> I don't want to fight by Tina uh, Turner and, and, and I could keep going on and on and on. I mean, you've got Nirvana, you've got uh, Pearl jam, you've got uh, GJ jazzy, Jeff and the fresh Prince, Janet Jackson. I'll, 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 this year was an amazing year for music. And the best thing about, at least in our town, um, there was a, 
you know, there's like three or four radio stations that you could listen to, but a few of them would play any of these songs. And that was, I, I, f- I feel like it was special in that regard because wh- where are you going to hear this much musical diversity on one station these days? Yeah. Like the You're pop station, uh, Sunny FM, yeah. would play rock songs. And I think that yeah. was the, the key to it. The rock stations it, wouldn't play pop songs very often. But no, like the pop stations go, were still like, yeah, we'll put Aerosmith on. You'd go from uh, Siamese uh, Dream to Janet Jackson to uh, Aerosmith to Duran Duran to Tina Turner to Mariah Carey to Mazzy Starr, you know, in an hour on one station. It was incredible. Anyway, anything else for Get a Grip? No, all we got left are the, uh, are the, the let's see, the... Uh, Oh, I was going to ask you, um, if we're moving on from Get a Grip, where did that the Can't Stop Messing song come from? Do you know anything about that? That one was a another bonus track, um, international release. Uh, for I, I don't know why overseas they get longer albums. Because they're better than, than we us. do. I, I think it's a marketing trick. They're, they're trying to boost sales by adding something special um like for collectors maybe yeah probably yeah um but yeah that's that's where that one came from it it's a good a, little song nothing amazing but I, I like it sort of a classic aerosmith sound yeah, yeah the guitar guitar solo is pretty cool yeah, on yeah. It. lots of good mm-hmm. riffs cool, cool guitar all right then uh to finish off the the section we've got the the singles that were on the big ones uh, which is the greatest hits album for this this era um, and apparently they wrote three new songs. <laughs> um, Crazy. I, you know, I, I've listened to, I of course know all of these cause I'm better than everyone is mm. what I'm implying. But, um, I forgot that there were, th- there were three songs they wrote for this greatest hits album. There was a uh, walk on water, blind man and deuces are wild. And I think they're all solid. I don't know that they would have been on the greatest hits album outside of being written for it. But, um, yeah, well, I, I think that Walk on the Water is awesome. That's one of my favorite Aerosmith songs. It has like a real rocks, toys in the attic sound. I just think it works really well. It's got a, it's got surprising, like a surprising melody in the chorus. I love it. Deuces Are Wild's just fine um, for me. Uh, it, it feels like a good execution of the modern Aerosmith approach, the sort of effing mm-hmm. era sound. Um, and uh, I think uh, I think it's, it's, it's it was just pretty good. Blind Man, honestly, to me, is like a kind of a bad knockoff of Amazing. Um, yeah. I don't really like that one. It, it, you know that meme where it's like, hey, can I have uh, can I have uh, an Aerosmith power ballad? And they're like, oh, no, we have Aerosmith power ballad at home. Well, that's what Blind Man is. It's like the <laughs> crappy version that you don't actually want, you know? I, I, that's my feeling. Blind Man has always kind of annoyed me a little bit. But Walk on the Water kicks ass, I think. Yeah. What do you think yeah. about those, Zach? I remember Deuces Are Wild from the uh, Beavis and Butthead Experience <laughs> album. Oh, yeah, that's where that one's from. Mm-hmm. That, was, that, was, that was pretty fun with that. Uh, and then, um, yeah, I liked I liked Walk on Water a lot. Um, Blind, Blind Man was okay. I liked the chorus and hook. It was fairly memorable. Um, but overall, it was, you know, it was just okay. Cool. All right, so uh, you get one of these albums. Which one do you pick? Oh Jesus! <laughs> uh, oh God, that's not nice. 
you know, the, the part of me that, that absolutely loves get a grip wants to go get a grip, but I think mm -hmm. I would actually go with permanent vacation. Cause I think I, I want to spend more time with that one. Whereas I've already spent enough time with get a grip. That's fair. I, it, it would be pump for me. It's, it's real tough between pump and get a grip uh -huh. because I, yeah, but I think, I think pump is where I would land. How about you, Dan? Gosh, it's, that's really tough. Uh, I do think that Get a Grip is probably the weakest of the three, but I also have like a lot of personal affection for it. Mm -hmm. um, I think I'd have to go Permanent Vacation, but I also just said that I like Pump more than Permanent Vacation. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> so at least you're consistent. I will, I will, I will, uh, I will steal like four songs from pump and put them onto permanent vacation, make a, a European version. And then that's, there what you I'll go. Go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. they're, all, they're all very close to each other. I think in the previous sets, it's been pretty easy for me to point to a favorite, but what would you guys say is your favorite song on each of the albums? If you had to pick one, uh, if I had to pick one, it would be living on the edge from get a grip. It would be Janie's got a gun from pump. And either St. John or Hangman Jury from Permanent Vacation. I, I think the flow between those two is, is perfect. Like I, I listen to them as a unit. Yeah, they're they, very similar in sort of tone. Yeah. yeah. So it'd be hard for me to separate one of those two out. But if I had to, it'd probably be St. John. Uh, I would go with, uh, gosh, either Ragdoll or Hangman Jury on uh, probably Hangman Jury on Permanent Vacation. I would go with... Who probably Young Lust. I just love how how hard that comes out of the gate on Pump. Mm -hmm. And boy, Eat the Rich is really good. Um, <laughs> maybe I think Fever, weirdly, on Get a Grip. I think it's because I just haven't heard it so many times. Like that one jumped out when I was listening. I was like, ah, I never really paid attention to this song, but it's really good. But yeah, maybe Fever. What about you, Zach? Uh, let's see. For uh, permanent vacation, Samoria. Crazy. Uh, I, I really like that. Incorrect one. opinion. Um, <laughs> try again. Yeah, sorry, your opinion is wrong. <laughs> you know, the first couple of times I listened through the album, that one really didn't stand out, and then all of a sudden, something about that the 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 chorus part and just really really struck me. Uh, I think I would do the other side from pump and then from get a grip. Um, I think, uh, shut up and dance. Oh, that's nice. a really good one too. Dang it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. These are, these hold up pretty well considering, especially on the first two, how dated the production is. Mm -hmm. like it's it's got its foot half in like hard rock and half in glam metal and i feel like that shouldn't work as well as it does but they actually hold up pretty darn well yeah well they survived the loudness wars at least mm. yeah so that's lucky that's something. <laughs> <laughs> all right do you guys have anything else well so uh would would you be ride or die at this oh. point <laughs> After, <laughs> yeah, well, let's, let's, let's keep some suspense, Dave. So you answer last. Oh, I'll answer last. <laughs> yeah, I would say, uh, did I say I was ride or die after, uh, after yeah, uh, the I, last I, one? I think overall the consensus was that they were moving in the right direction and they, yeah, 
and they got yeah. they got a gimme yeah a do over if, for, uh, if i survived uh rock in a hard place and then to a lesser extent done with mirrors uh I, I can't. I have to say, I'm ride or die still because these are three pretty strong albums. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm there as well. Uh, especially with "Get a Grip" being the, like, if that was all I ever heard, you know, uh, up till that point, um, then I'm, I would be still all in. I will say on "Get a Grip," the last, the last thing I, I to say on it is, if I could, if I could erase a second and a half of the album, it would be that incredibly loud in your ear burp between uh, uh <laughs> the rich yeah. and get a grip it's i i get it it's funny but it is so loud that's, that's one of my yeah. favorite parts of the album <laughs> tickling the old eardrums yeah. so dave are you ride or die for aerosmith that's, that's uh, the yes, question yes. in front of us oh really oh. yeah I, I don't think there's any doubt about that yeah. definitely yeah definitely now well the question we the, for the future is will you be able to survive this final era Yes, yeah, so we've got dive. one more one more section. Um, that's going to be Nine Lives, uh, Just Press Play, Honkin' on Bobo, and Music from Another Dimension or something like that. And this is probably the section that I have the least experience with. And uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if they can hold out through the end. So, yeah, but... Um, if you want more content like this, uh, you can find everything we've done on 64tacos.com. If you'd really, if you really liked it, you can buy us a taco at buymeacoffee.com, 64 tacos, and we will see you in the next one. I caught it on audio.